Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I've mentioned before that the attorney general of a state will often get involved if they hear about a widespread problem. And it could be that a bunch of people are doing bad things, or it could be that one person or one entity is doing a bunch of bad things all on their own. And I've known and spoken to the attorney general in the state of Michigan in years past about what kinds of things they look at and what they respond to, and they get a lot of complaints. So usually for them to respond to one is because they've gotten so many like it. So sometimes someone pops up on the radar of the attorney general, and it makes you wonder, with so many used car dealers out there, how one of them catches the attention of the attorney general. This is happening in Pennsylvania. A couple people sent me a story from TribLive.com. State attorney general accuses used car dealer of selling unsafe cars with useless warranties. Owner denies wrongdoing. So he says, no, did nothing wrong. AG eh, has a different side of this. So Tony LaRusso wrote this. The state attorney general's office in Pennsylvania has taken legal action against a Sharpsburg used car dealership accused of knowingly selling numerous vehicles that weren't roadworthy and came with worthless warranties. It's those worthless warranties that you don't want. The attorney general on Friday announced his office filed a lawsuit against the dealership uh, and its owner, again, in Sharpsburg. Uh, the man also operates an unlicensed used car dealership under the same name in the 500 block of CV Road in Shaler, according to the lawsuit. So operating an unlicensed used car dealer while you're running a licensed used car dealer might also be a problem. And then they recently opened a third location in West Deer. Uh, the West Deer supervisors have scheduled a public hearing at 6.30 p.m. to consider a request from the company to sell used vehicles on a 1.4-acre lot along Oak Road. So the person who's behind the dealership issues apparently wants to open a third location, but the AG is saying, um, but your second location is not licensed. What's going on here? The attorney general says, in Pennsylvania, demand for used cars remains high. These dealerships sought to cash in on that demand and make a quick buck, deceiving hardworking Pennsylvanians. Consumers bought these cars only for them to break down or, in one notable case, catch fire days after purchasing. My office won't allow such blatant disregard for the law and the safety of Pennsylvania drivers to go unchallenged. Now, you have to understand that in some states, dealerships can sell junky cars. And what we're talking about is the warranty of merchantability. The idea that you buy a product and it will do what it is supposed to do, what you assume it will do. It's an implied warranty. They don't have to tell you it'll do that. We just know that's what that thing does. So an automobile purchased by a consumer is presumed to be safe and reliable transportation. Now, not safe and reliable forever, but safe and reliable at the time you bought it. So if you bought a vehicle in a state that does not allow the disclaimer of that, which is what an as-is sale would be, uh, then the car would have to be delivered and be safe and reliable at the time you bought it. So that's the big issue here. The AG also announced he's taking similar legal action against a dealership in Philadelphia, alleging the same type of business practices. The AG said he is asking the courts to order the companies to cease their illegal business practices and pay a $1,000 fine for each instance in which a buyer was defrauded and $3,000 if the consumer was 60 or older, according to copies of the lawsuit. So in some states, if you prey upon people 
in a certain way, that's bad. If you prey upon the elderly, then they make it a little worse for you. The attorney general wrote in the lawsuit, which is 257 pages long, that the company advertises cars were sold through its certified program that included a three-month, 3,000-mile limited powertrain warranty. In multiple instances, however, the company refused to make repairs and told customers that they had, in fact, bought the vehicle as is. And so if you buy something as is, it's possible for the seller to disclaim the warranty of merchantability so long as it's done conspicuously. However, if you, on the one hand, say we're selling to you as is, and on the other hand, we're giving you a three-month, 3,000-mile limited powertrain warranty, well, that warranty would trump the as is if you're making both statements. And so that's one of the things you got to understand about the law is there are times that people do things that if you stop and just look at it, go, um, does that make sense? And would it make sense for the law to allow someone to sell you a vehicle and go, we make no guarantees, but we're giving you a guarantee. And so you'd understand that that conflicting concept there would get construed in favor of the consumer and against the dealership. So it was a certified program that included a three-month, 3,000-mile limited powertrain warranty. But when you came back, they go, what are you talking about? We sold it to you as is. The AG also accused the company of intentionally deceiving customers by advertising that the vehicles for sale recently had been serviced, passed state inspection, had a thorough service history, and that major components such as the engine and transmission operated as they should. And so not all states require inspections. And some states actually put the burden of the inspection on the person selling the vehicle. So I go to sell you a vehicle and it's got to pass an inspection and it doesn't pass when you go to get it inspected. Some states say that that's my problem. In numerous instances, serious problems, including a number that made them unfit for the road, were uncovered after the purchase, the AG said, in his 257-page lawsuit. I'm sorry, I'm stunned. I've filed some thick lawsuits in my life. Never 257 pages. I'm not even sure I've ever gotten to 257 paragraphs if each paragraph is numbered. That, that, my friends, is a big lawsuit. It's like a phone book. The lawsuit cites examples of vehicles that were sold with bent, cracked, or twisted frames, cracked engine blocks, cracked heads, flood damage, faulty transmissions, severe rust, and components that could not pass a state safety inspection. And that's one of the issues. For instance, rust. Rust, okay? If you've got a vehicle that's got rust on a fender, that car might be perfectly drivable until it rusts further, right? So in Michigan, we know about rust. But on the other hand, if the vehicle is a unibody and the rust is in a place that weakens the unibody, then that could be a very serious issue. So... The lawsuit accuses the car company, the dealership, of selling vehicles that they knew or should have known were not roadworthy. And by the way, if I sell you something and I tell you it's roadworthy and it's not, that's on me. Whether or not I knew or should have known. If I make that statement, you have to understand, and this is also another thing, and I think I've talked about this in videos, but a warranty, a warranty, okay? Most people think of a warranty as like the 336 or 550 they get with a brand new car. 
That's called a glove box warranty because that comes with a description in the documents that are in the glove box of your car. That comes from the manufacturer when the car is brand new, but you can take it to the dealership for the repairs. Likewise, if it's a late model car and the warranty transfers, the glove box warranty transfers with the car sale. However, if I'm speaking to you and I'm selling you something and I make a statement about the goods that goes to the basis of the bargain, that is, it's something you rely upon as being vital to our transaction, that statement I make can be a warranty. And I've given people examples of this. Let's suppose that I have a widget, okay? And widgets are graded, okay? And they're graded on a grade of 1 to 10. There are professional widget graders out there who grade widgets. And I say this is a grade 10 widget. And I know that because I had it graded. I don't have the document anymore proving I had it graded, but I had this graded. This is a grade 10 widget. You buy the widget, take it out, have it graded as grade 5. No, not even close. Grade 10 are very valuable. Grade 5, run of the mill. You can find them anywhere. (laughs) They give them away. Grade 5 widgets, get that piece of junk out of here. If only you had a 9 or higher. Guy told me it was a 10. That statement that that's a grade 10 widget is a warranty. It's not a written warranty because I didn't write it down, but I still said it and you relied upon it. That's a warranty. Now, if I put it in writing, it's a written warranty. And these things that I'm talking about here are express warranties. And they can be created as simply by the seller saying something. So if the seller says something about the vehicle, such as it passed a state inspection and it didn't, that warranty's breached. It's a breached warranty. And this grade five widget, that's a breached warranty also. So it gets real confusing because so many people think of just the glove box warranty. And the other problem we have is a lot of car dealers will say things that aren't written down. So I've often said, if you're car shopping and the salesperson says something to you verbally, say, would you please write that in the purchase agreement? Trying to turn that spoken statement into a written statement. Watch how they won't write it down. But my point simply is, if they make these statements, it doesn't matter if they knew or should have known, don't make the statement unless you know. And the statement itself can become a warranty. So the AG said that even after being notified of a problem during the implied warranty period, repairs were not made, no refund or replacement was offered. So the implied warranty period he's talking about is that short period where they were saying that these vehicles came with three-month, 3,000-mile limited powertrain warranty. You're going to say, Steve, that's an express warranty, not an implied warranty. But the point is that he's saying they're claiming the vehicle was sold as is. And he's saying you can't sell a vehicle as is with a warranty. So at the very least, there's an implied warranty because there might be a bigger issue as to what the exact terms are of a three-month, 3,000-mile limited powertrain warranty. What does limited mean? Does that mean that they'll repair and replace everything? Or does that mean that they will repair it at their cost, but you pay for parts? I've seen... Warranty sale, kinds of crazy stuff. Um, the AG said that they did not resolve these problems. So he said the company's deceptive business practices included failing to affix a window sticker, saying that a vehicle is being sold as is and does not carry a warranty, which, by the way, that's the federal statute from the FTC on the buyer's guide 
all 50 states, it's required that you put a buyer's guide either in the window or someplace visible to anybody who is looking at the car considering buying it. The dealership is also accused of taking deposits for vehicles and not refunding the money when the buyer is unable to secure financing. Also, not recording the make, model, or identification number of vehicles on trade-in. So they're running a sloppy police book, it looks like. Also accused of not notifying customers they had the right to cancel a purchase until the sales agreement was signed by an authorized dealer's rep. And if you ever read a purchase agreement, one of the things that they do to protect themselves at the car dealerships is it says at the bottom, because this is not binding until signed by a dealer rep. And that gives the salesman more time to work you. So as you're going back and forth haggling on things, you get everything reduced to writing, they can still say, oh, it's not binding yet. Our guy hasn't signed it. Meanwhile, the person who owns the dealership said by telephone Friday the accusations are false. Here's the quote. We've been working with the Attorney General for several months, but they have refused to tell us what we should be doing differently with these transactions. There was no misrepresentations made when we sold vehicles. That's completely wrong. But it looks like if you wade through the 257-page lawsuit that you will get an idea of what they're alleging. But, you know, there's a summary right there of some pretty interesting ones. So that's the story, the AG in Pennsylvania going after a dealership that has one location that's licensed. Another one they say is not licensed, and they're currently looking at possibly adding a third location. And then there was another dealership mentioned that somehow got caught up in this, and it might just be that the AG figured he'd save paper by adding that defendant to this case as well. So we'll see what happens, but um, running dealerships is a little trickier than some people think. But you so rarely hear about this that you understand that most dealerships just fly under the radar. So the takeaway here, and by the way, I do have people in the audience who buy and sell cars. So I know there's going to be somebody in the audience here who's running a car dealership who's going to wonder, Steve, what could we do? And what you do is you follow the law. So you put the window stickers where they belong. Train your salespeople about whether or not they're liable for things they say. And then understand your obligation under state law with respect to vehicles being sold and whether they have to pass an inspection or not. But then finally, when and if someone complains about you to the AG, look at the complaint and take it seriously. Because I remember talking to the AG saying, well, we get a complaint over here, we get a complaint over here. And what would generally happen is the complaint would come in from the consumer. They would make a copy of it and send it to the dealership with a note that says, we just got this complaint about you. How do you respond? So they let the dealership respond to the complaint. Some dealerships would ignore those because they go, oh, it's not a lawsuit. It's not a legal action. It's just asking us, do we want to respond? No, I don't want to respond. If you don't respond, now the AG is wondering, why didn't they respond? Is there something going on? But if you simply respond and, and lay out a believable explanation as to what happened, and they, you know, someone's, let's put this in Michigan. Someone in Michigan says, I bought a car from a dealer. Guy said it ran great. I bought it and the engine blew up three days later. Now I bought it as is, but I think that's wrong. So that complaint gets sent to the dealer and the dealer would say, yeah, we sold him a car as is. And you're allowed to do that in Michigan. And if the, if the salesman said the car runs great, that's puffery. That's not an express warranty. 
And the AG would then send a copy of that back to the consumer and say, they've responded. And what they've said and what you've said, it appears that there was no law broken here. It's just that unfortunately you bought a bad car and in Michigan you can sell bad cars. Sorry. And it goes away. So the people who get in trouble are, they fall into two categories. One, the people who ignore the complaints from the AG. Or two, the people who just keep popping up over and over again because people keep complaining about them. And so with all the used car dealers in Michigan, and most of them keeping their heads down and staying off the radar, when somebody keeps popping up over and over again, that's when the AG goes, you know, maybe we should take a look at that. Maybe we should take a look at that. So State Attorney General Pennsylvania accuses used car dealers of selling unsafe cars with useless warranties. Owner denies wrongdoing. That's Tony LaRussa from TribLive.com. And Lee sent this to me along with a guy whose initials are MPPD. <laughs> if you send me a story, please put your name in the, in the email so I, I know who to thank. I'm taking the MPPD from the email address. That might not be the person's name at all or their initials or anything. I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those great mysteries of life. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. People who say they don't care what people think are usually desperate to have people think they don't care what people think.